morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. So good to see everyone. And uh, glad that you're with us. Glad that you're with us online as well. Hope you can stay all the way through to the end. Um, we've got a new song that we're going to do at the end of the service today. But great to be in God's house. Good to be in his presence. Just uh, remember that when we're in the house, we don't need mobile phones. That's for the people who are outside. So make sure it's silenced. Uh, just as a wee reminder, as he says, think in his mind. It is. But yeah, it's great to be here. Good to be in God's house. We're here to worship him today because he is worthy of our praise, worthy of our worship. And so I'm glad that we're here today. And uh, yeah, we just keep walking, navigating through uh, the circumstances of COVID. And uh, I'm so pleased that we're able to gather, we're able to sing, we're able to worship, we're able to have a band um, who are here to, to really help us to worship God. So I would encourage you to stand as we sing. You don't need to keep standing, just as a reminder. Um, you know, for some of us, it's a bit of a challenge to, to stay standing all the way through, but that's okay, it's totally fine. But you just express your worship to God this morning. Let's, uh, if you're able to stand, we're going to pray, and then we're going to really worship God in this place today. Let's stand and let's pray. Father, we just thank you that you are here this morning. And Lord, we thank you that you have brought us together. You, you have put within us a desire to worship you, to be in your house, to give you praise. And Lord, we just come because we want to express our love to you today. We want to express something of what you're doing in our lives today, this week, Father, in this season that we're in, you're doing things in us, and we want to give you glory and praise, thanks. We want to lift up the name of Jesus in this place today, because, Father, we recognize that he is the reason that we're here. He is the one who has paid the price for our sin on that cross. He is the one who has opened up the way into a relationship with you. And, Father, we just thank you that we have this assurance within our hearts that, Father, we have an eternal hope, an eternal destiny. Father, we just, we, we just pray, help us to apprehend something more of the reality of that. In Jesus' name we ask. And Lord, we just pray that as we worship you, that you would come and that you would live in our praise this morning. Father, we just pray that you would enable us to worship you. Father, we pray that all the technical things would go smoothly. And Lord, that we would just enter into all that you have for us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's praise him.
Father, we just thank you for the truth in the songs that we've been singing this morning. Father, as we offer them up to, as worship to you, Father, we make this declaration that you are the Alpha and the Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You're the first and the last. And Father, we know that from, we've sing, we sing that song sometimes, from life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. Father, we thank you that you were there when we were being formed in the womb. Father, you saw us, you knew us. Father, you understand that we are complex Father, complex creatures designed for a relationship with you, designed to worship you. And Father, you see the very beginning. You see our lives. You see the end. Father, you watch every moment of our lives. Father, there's not a moment where you're not there. There's not a moment where you have not seen what's been happening in the very depths of our being. Father, other people may not see it, but you see it. And Father, we thank you that we are seen by you. Father, you understand the complexities of who we are. Father, you understand our challenges, our difficulties. Father, you understand how life has influenced us and impacted us, sometimes for good, sometimes not so good. And Father, you know all these things. And Lord, we just come to you with all the joys, but with all the tears. And Father, our weakness and our strength, Father, we come and we worship you this morning. Father, you see us and we thank you that we are seen by an eternal God who is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the last. And Father, we thank you that you exist out with time and you see everything. Lord, you have such an incredible perspective. And Father, we pray, help us to gain heaven's perspective, we ask. Lord, as we continue in this service, Lord, we want to just remain in that place where we're worshiping you, Father, in everything that is said and done in this service. And Lord, Lord, we pray that you'd equip us today to, to be your servants and wherever you take us after the service finishes today, whether it's in our homes, our streets, as we go to work on Monday, Father, whatever that involves for us, we just pray that you just put something within us that would strengthen us and help us on this journey with you. Lord, we just pray your blessing on this congregation today for all who gathered in person, all who gathered online. Father, we just pray that you would just bring your blessing upon us, that you're Pour out your spirit upon us, Father, we ask. Lord, we need you. We so need you. And so, Father, we just confess that as we worship you this morning. Father, when we pray, we're recognizing that we can't do this in our own strength, but we need you. And so, Father, we pray, come and meet with us. Father, every, everybody has a different story today. Everybody has a different situation. Father, you know the challenges that we've had in our week. And Lord, we pray that you would just come and meet us at our place of need today. in this place today. It's so good to be in his presence, gathered to worship him. So great to see everyone today. Um, just if I haven't done so, let me give you a warm welcome if you're visiting with us. It's so good to see you um, and uh, we hope that you enjoy being part of the family today. We are going to just do one or two announcements today. Uh, we are going to show the video, which uh, for some reason just wouldn't run last week. 
um, just a, a little technical glitch that was unnoticed. So we're going to uh, show that video just in a few seconds, uh, just to remind people that we are engaging with Samaritan's Purse this year again. And uh, I think we have three shoeboxes already filled. If you want to buy one of them, uh, just uh, give me a shout. Or no, don't give me a shout, sorry. Give Tracy a shout. Give us a wave, Tracy, up the back. She's sitting right at the back. If you want to buy one of those pre-filled shoeboxes for £20, we have three, then speak to Tracy and she will sort you out. Um, but yeah, it's great to be part of that. It's great to help boys and girls. And I, I thought one of the things that really moves me is when I hear people's stories and how they have benefited from something like this. So we're going to watch uh, just in the video in a little second somebody's story about how they have grown in that. So thank you, guys. I grew up in a village in Madagascar. The village where I grew up is a small village. I would say it's quite a poor area. I went to the local school and really many, many kids would go to school without shoes, which was really sad. And for me, it was really like always heartbreaking to see different situations of many of the, the kids I think for many of the kids, and for me as well, having toys or to afford toys is not very common. However, the situation would be, I would be always happy and would see like how blessed I am. So I would always see God's greatness in everything. Back then, I was six years old. We would go to the church like usual, and then I could really see that something was going on in the church. In the middle of the service, they were starting to talk about shoeboxes like that they would give to the children. My heart was really beating like to hear my name. I was waiting so hard. I just remember when I had the box, and I was like, wow, it's for me. It was overwhelming for me. Like there was this little thing like a yo-yo. It was a pink, a bright pink one. I've never seen one before. I just saw on cartoons. <laughs> That is Kanto from, where are you from, Kanto? Um, Madagascar. In our church, I received a shoebox from Samaritan's Purse. I've been volunteering, packing the shoeboxes. I was so touched by seeing so many boxes. I had this like great vision of like the kids so happy receiving that. I was so thankful for all the people that are volunteering. Even if in this hard time of COVID, we stick to guidelines, we are like marking people's life with this gift. It's very important that we keep on going, packing the shoeboxes. This receiving shoebox is something I would never forget. It's something I would bring in my life and I would be thankful for. These shoeboxes are like big representative of God's love and God wanting to show his love. So if you needed an encouragement, that is the encouragement to see the difference it makes in somebody's life. So I encourage you to get involved with that. If you want to do a shoebox online, that's uh, also a possibility. Um, so there's a link on our church Facebook page if you want more information on that. Um, yeah, so um, we also have an email address called it's appeals at whitburnpentecostal.com if you want to find out more information. And then Tracy will answer your, your questions for you. So... 
Um, yeah, I'm going to pray just in a little minute, uh, just for those who uh, need a touch in their body, uh, who are sick and, and various things. I, I, I really hate having to do this, but it's part of just kind of our measures for keeping everybody safe. Thanks for the waves, guys. Nice to see you. Uh, these photographs do get deleted after 21 days. Honest, they do. Um, so it just it helps us to know who's all where. So, yeah. Um, in a few weeks on the 31st of October, we will have a guest speaker. I am so looking forward to inviting Lisa Ruth Lyle into the church. Uh, Lisa Ruth has headed up the iKids ministry in Assemblies of God, our denomination, for uh, a long time. And I, I remember, Lisa Ruth, when we used to do uh, kids camps, uh, sorry, youth camps, way, way back when we started off in the church here. And, and Lisa actually was one of the kids at that point in time. Uh, and so, yeah, we've known Lisa since she was very young, um, but she's just a, a very gifted person. She loves kids' work, and I'm really encouraged that she's going to be able to join us on the 31st and share. So, um, and I get a rest. No, I'm only kidding. You get a rest <laughs> from me. Um, so, looking forward to that. Just a reminder that uh, we do have prayer uh, on Monday at 9.30 on Zoom and on Wednesday at 7.30 in the evening on Zoom. And uh, Sam's will be leading uh, our prayer time this week and on the weddings tonight because I will be taking uh, a wee bit of time off this week. Um, not too much, but I will be taking some time off. And also, if uh, you've never been baptized in water, then can I encourage you to get in touch with me? Uh, we would love to baptize you. Um, it's just something that we do after we become a Christian. And uh, we can explain more about that. There will be a class where we can explain what baptism is. And also, if you've been coming to the church and you're not a member, then we encourage you to become a member of the church. And I will be doing a membership class. So uh, I would love to just invite you into that. And you can find out more about becoming a member of the church. So that's all my announcements today. I'm just aware of the clock and time marching on. I am going to pray today. I'm going to pray for Kieran today as well. Um, so Lindsay's brother-in-law and Jillian's son-in-law. So um, we're going to pray for him. He's just waiting to go in for an operation for appendicitis. Um, and, and just various other people. Um, pray for Jeff today as well. He's uh, having uh, to get really aggressive treatment for infections at the moment. Um, and so if we can just continue to remember Jeff and Eileen at this point in time. Um, Mark has been making good progress, uh, Mark Hind. Um, it's small progress, but it's positive, good progress. And the doctors are actually amazed. Um, they, they can't actually believe that it's the same person. And so we give God praise for that. And uh, let's just give thanks for that. And uh, just various other people uh, who we'll pray for today. So let's just bow our heads and pray uh, just before we open God's word today. Father, we thank you that we have this access into your very throne room through prayer. And Lord, we, we know that there are people who need our prayers today. Father, people that we stand alongside, we, we, we just get alongside them, uh, spiritually speaking, and we stand alongside them. We might not be close to them personally, physically, but we can stand alongside them in prayer. And Lord, we just intercede for them today. We think of Mark, who's in the process of recovering from all that's been going on in his body, Father, just it's been such a complex uh, set of circumstances. And Lord, we just pray that you would meet him at his place of need. Lord, we pray for his body that it would begin to 
just recover and find its strength. Father, that you would continue to just breathe strength into his whole being. Father, whatever is, is going on in his, his mind and, uh, Lord, in his brain, Father, we pray that that would begin to settle down. And, Lord, that you just restore him to full health and strength. We pray that he would be able to move on his own, uh, Father, to breathe on his own, to be able to do all these things unaided. And, uh, Lord, we just ask that you would strengthen him, strengthen Sharon and Faith as well. Lord, we just ask that your hand would be upon them. Father, there are others who uh, need a touch in their body today. Father, who we will not pray for by name. But, Father, you know, you know who people are and you know the needs. And, Father, we may pray for them on a wedding tonight as well. Uh, Father, we just bring them before you today and ask that you just impart strength into bodies. And, Father, we pray where, where people need to be challenged in the area of their mind and spirit. Lord, we pray that you bring that challenge as well. Father, we do pray for Kieran today. And, Lord, we just pray for peace into that whole situation for Helen and the kids. Father, we just pray that you would just surround that whole situation with your peace. And Lord, we pray that he would be able to get this operation soon. And Father, that you just bring peace into his body. And so Lord, we just lift them before you. Uh, Father, we thank you for them and we pray your blessing upon them. For Jeff today as well, Lord, he needs a touch in his body from you. And Lord, we just lift him before you. And Father, we ask that you would just meet him at his point of need. Lord, that you would strengthen him but you would meet with him in such a special way. And Lord, we pray for Eileen, that you would strengthen her, Lord, for the rest of the family. Lord, we pray your strength over them. And Father, for Bob uh, Patterson, uh, the minister at Lark Hall, Father, we just lift him before you as well today. Lord, he needs strength in his lungs to be able to get the oxygen from the air and put it through into the rest of his body. And so, Father, we just pray pray that you would correct whatever is going wrong there, and Lord, that you would just bring strength into his whole being, his whole being, Father. Lord, we pray for your strength over him and Terry, and Lord, we pray for that church today, Lord, that you would bless them as they gather to worship you today. Father, we pray for Margaret, Joanna's sister, and uh, Lord, we just bring that whole situation before you. Lord, you know what is needed. And Father, we pray that you would just bring you, again your peace into that whole situation. Father, we thank you for your peace. It's a peace which goes beyond our understanding, a peace which guards our hearts and minds. And Lord, we just pray that that peace would descend upon Margaret and her family. Lord, we pray for Joanna and Ron out in the Philippines, unable to, to get back at the moment. And uh, Lord, we just pray again for your peace upon them and strengthen this family. Lord, we, we thank you that we can bring our prayers and requests, our petitions with thanksgiving to you. And Lord, we just thank you for the, the, the improvements that we've seen in some situations. Lord, we thank you for answers to prayer for Mark. And Lord, we look forward to the day where he will stand on this platform and share about open doors as we had planned. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We pray help us to stay focused on you today and help us to hear what you want to say through your word. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Just need to get rid of that cable again. Sorry. Same things. Okay. Just making sure I'd covered everything. We're going to go into um, uh, the book of First John chapter 4 today, uh, if you're ready to do that. And the title of what we talk about today is Throwing Out Fear. 
throwing out fear. That's where we're going to just rest for a little while today. And uh, I don't know about you, I've used this word complex a few times today. I guess it's because I've been thinking uh, as I've been preparing for today about how complex life seems to be at the moment, or am I the only one who feels that things are a bit complicated at the moment? Um, life just certainly isn't normal. And, and I think that fear is part of our society at the moment. And I want to just think for a, a little brief uh, while about that. But I'm going to just flick to the, the scripture that we're going to focus on today. It's First John chapter 4, verse 18. And this is what it says. It says that, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out uh, fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And the word which is used there is, is, is perfect love throws fear outside. So where does fear live? It lives inside of us. What this verse is saying is that fear is thrown out by perfect love. So if we have the love of God, and that's what it's talking about, is that self-sacrificial love that God has for us, which is his very nature, and we'll come on to think about that next week. That love, when it lives in us, it throws fear outside. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, been thinking about this at all. Um, I said that there seems to be a lot of fear around just now, and I was thinking, what are people most afraid of at the moment? And there was a study done by Chapman University in America, and I'm going to name the top three out of 95 fears. 95, as I went down the list, I was like, my goodness, we really are becoming quite a fearful nation. Uh, they are, we are. And the, the top fear with 79.6% was fear of government officials, corrupt government officials. Imagine that. I would never have imagined that that was the case, but fear of corrupt government officials. The second was people I love dying, 58.5%. And the third one was a loved one contracting coronavirus, 58%. And there was a number which were up in about that sort of uh, range. And I just kind of thought, these are strange. The, the first one was a strange thing for me. And I thought, you know, what a strange thing to be afraid of. But when we look at our world, I don't know about you, as I look, it seems to me that people are losing confidence in leadership because there's corruption in leadership. But this, this next one I came across, I, I, in, in a way I found it more disturbing because um, 10,000 young people were polled between the ages of 16 to 25 in a number of different countries, Australia, Brazil, Finland, France, India, Nigeria, the Philippines, Portugal, the UK, and the US. And this survey of 10,000 young people found that three quarters agreed with the statement, the future is frightening. I, I just was blown away by that. 7,500 young people surveyed in this poll from all sorts of different nations across the world said that the future is frightening. I, I find that very sad. More than half felt they would have fewer opportunities than their parents. And nearly half reported feeling distressed or anxious about the climate in a way that was affecting their daily lives and functioning. We hear a lot about that just now. We have a conference just about to take place in Glasgow where people will be discussing the issues around climate. I think the church should be concerned about these types of issues all issues, but we should be concerned about how it's affecting our young people as well. 
Do you know, I was saying recently that people are not so much against God in the church. It's just that God and the church don't seem to figure much in their lives. And uh, it's true, certainly, of most people that I speak to. And I came across a quote. It was uh, not a quote. I came across a statement in a book that I'm reading just now. It's called Meet Generation Z. So that's the younger generation, like the 20s and, and 20 and younger. Uh, a book by James Emery White, and this is what he said. The first fall, when he's talking about the Garden of Eden, the first fall led to God's expulsion of human beings from the Garden of Eden. The second fall was when we returned the favor. Think about it. The first fall was when God expelled man from the Garden. The second fall was when we returned the favor. People are throwing God out of their lives People want to throw God out of public life, out of society. And I, I don't know about you, but as I see that happening in our world, I see fear growing. Fear is growing. As God disappears from people's consciousness, we're watching fear grow. This is what I see as I listen to what people are saying, as I turn on my TV and watch the news, as I listen to it, as I read news articles. Fear is on the rise at the same time as God in our lives is falling. And I want to just explore this for a little uh, while this morning. What is fear? I'm behind in my notes. <laughs> Uh, on the, the screen. What is fear? Fear is essentially an emotional response to threat or danger. And it could be a rational fear. It could be an irrational fear. A rational fear is when you see that the traffic in front of you has stopped and you're still going at 70 miles an hour. Okay? And you begin to feel fearful and you slam on the brakes and something's happening inside of you, as well as adrenaline being released, there's just like, what's going to happen next, that moment? I don't know if you've ever experienced that. There's somebody sitting <laughs> in the middle of the room here who I know has experienced it just a couple of weeks ago. Would you just think, you kind of think, how's this going to end? I don't know how this is going to end. I know that feeling myself as well. And then there's irrational fears. We call them phobias. Do you know that the word in the verse that we read today the Greek word phobos is where we get the word phobia. It comes from Greek via the Latin into English, the word phobia, irrational fears. And, you know, I'm not afraid of heights. I'm just afraid of falling from them, okay? And I used to have a, spear of, a fear of uh, speed bumps, but I'm slowly getting over that, okay? Mr. Brown, if you're listening online today, right, that black car which I bought from you, <laughs> It really did give me a fear of speed bumps as we were crawling over them. It was so low to the ground. One of the commentaries on this verse, a man called Woost, uh, he said this, that the type of fear that, that John is talking about here is a, a slavish fear of a slave for a master or of a criminal before a judge. That's the type of fear that he's talking about. The fear that sometimes we can have as we come before God. There are all sorts of things that we can be afraid of, but this is the kind of fear that he's talking about here. If you read 1 John chapter 4, you'll get the context. I'm kind of broadening it out to think about fear in general. I'm taking a bit of license, and I hope that's okay today. And for those who are Star Wars fans, you will know that fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. I'm so tempted to do my Yoda impression, but I won't inflict you with it. 
And I, I kind of think these types of fears have two allies. One is ignorance, and the other is irrationality. When it comes to ignorance, let's never forget that the devil's a liar, okay? Let's not forget that. And let's not forget that we are open to temptation. We're open to, to suggestion, and the devil is a liar. And we see that outworked in uh, our society today. I'm sure you're all aware of the term fake news. Have you heard that term? Fake news. And I think uh, social media is a contributing factor to the spread of misinformation. I put three things on my Facebook this week, links to articles around a certain organization which we're using today. And uh, I was amazed at how little traffic those posts had had virtually no clicks, virtually no likes. And I thought, wow, that's quite amazing. I wonder why that is. And when it comes to social media and misinformation, I, I've had a growing concern over a number of years about the effect that social media is having on young people, the negative impact that it's having on people's mental health. And I used to think it was just young people, but the more I'm looking into it, the more I realize that it's all of us, not just young people. And I think about the access that we have to all this information. I have a supercomputer in my pocket here, okay? These, these were the showstoppers of 1977, okay? The Commodore, the Apple, and the TRS-80, okay? Back when I was just a nipper. And I think about the power that I have on this supercomputer in my pocket that is able to connect me to anybody in the world who's connected to the internet. And the amount of information that I can glean from this little device is quite incredible. And I came across a statistic as I was reading this week in research, and 60% of all internet-connected people on earth use Facebook. And this is what they said in some of their research we have evidence from a variety of sources that hate speech, divisive political speech, and misinformation on Facebook and the family of apps are affecting societies around the world. This is what they found through their own research. I don't know if you've ever looked at this. I've put a link on social media, my, po my Facebook post, if you have a look at it. And it's a, a documentary called The Social Dilemma. Please watch it. It's worth your time listening to that. And what it brings out is how these news feeds can polarize our opinions so that we begin to become fearful of other people who have a different viewpoint from us. So one person is receiving all this information which they perceive to be factual and true. Somebody else is receiving different information which they believe to be factual and true and they wonder why each other isn't understanding. Watch the documentary and it will explain it. But why am I saying all this? Because it can lead to fear. We overcome ignorance with information. The problem that we've had in our culture for many years now is the rejection of anything that is absolute truth. So when I'm talking about information, I'm talking about things which are true, factual, proven things. And where we've went in our culture is that we say, well, that might be true for you, 
but it's not necessarily true for me. You know, you might have your faith, as I talked about last week. I've got my faith. Jesus said you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I'm reminded of this frequently. Facts are your friends. You might not like what the doctor's going to tell you, but facts are your friends. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And what is the truth? Well, actually, the truth is a person, the person of Jesus Christ, who said in John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Why am I saying this? Because if we want to know what truth is, I think we need to be in the Bible, in our scriptures, where we find out about who God is, how God interacts with us, what his thoughts are, what his plans are, and we find out truth from there. The problem is, and again, it's been part of the trajectory of culture, is to reject the Word of God as the Word of God. I want to say here something that my theology, my life is built on an understanding of who God is through the Word of God. And there are some things that are in the Word of God that are contrary to culture, contrary to the trajectory of our culture today. But I think as the church, we need to understand the Word of God. We need to read it. We need to prayerfully meditate on it. We need to allow it to impact our lives. I've mentioned about some of the things that cause fear. And I think media has a lot to do with that, and all sorts of media. And don't you know that media is a company, the news companies, and companies are there to make a profit. And we all know that bad news sells, or I hope you do anyway. This is why I said, you know, months ago, when we were at the height of lockdown and all this stuff was happening, I was like, switch on the TV, get the news once, make your mind up about what it's saying, but don't dwell on it all day. Don't dwell on it. And you can have that TV on all day, listen to the same thing over and over again. And I think... I think it has produced fear in people, unnecessary fear in people. But perfect love, God's love, throws fear outside. When God comes in, he is able to throw fear outside. Think of the world that we live in. It's more of a social commentary today so far than anything else. The world that we live in, and I mentioned a few weeks ago about 9-11. Some people are too young to remember 9-11. You weren't born when that happened. But if you're old enough like me, you'll remember exactly where you were when that happened. And you will know how deeply that has impacted society and culture if you go to an airport. It's not just a simple matter of walking through the airport anymore, is it? It takes ages to get through security so that we can be kept safe. And then there's more recent problems, like the lack of availability of toilet rolls. I mean, what was that all about? I remember going into Sainsbury's in the middle of lockdown in uh, Edinburgh and looking at the shelves, and they were just to big, massive shelves, totally empty. And I'm like, why? Why are we doing this? It just goes to show you how we can be impacted by media. COVID-19 is still an issue. Racial issues, tension, suspicion, ignorance, and irrational fears still being fed and, re, you know, realistically, we, we do have issues as a society that we need to address. People afraid to walk the streets at night. 
And it's getting to the stage where a guy is afraid to look at a girl the wrong way in case he gets into trouble. A guy is having to walk to the other side of the street so that a girl feels safe. What kind of world are we living in? Where somebody who should be upholding the law can break the law in such a horrendous way. What kind of society are we living in? It's a society that's breeding fear, and I think it's a society society that's drifting further and further away from having God in our consciousness, and as a result, fear is beginning to rise. We need to be the antidote to that problem. These days, it's fuel shortages. And how did that happen? You know, why can I only get 20 pounds worth of diesel when I go to the garage? How did that happen? Is it the media? Is it somebody... Because at this point in time, you just kind of think, you can manipulate all sorts of things just by uh, using the media in certain ways. There is only one healthy fear, and that's a fear of God. The one healthy fear is a fear of God. He is the author of our lives. He is the author of our faith. He is the perfecter of faith in us. He is the sustainer of our souls, and He is the forgiver of our sins. I remember one time when I was in Japan and I was doodling away at my desk, not on the desk, by the way. I got into trouble for that when I was a kid, so I don't do that now. I had a bit of paper and I was doodling away on my desk. And this is what I was writing. I was writing this phrase, God is love. And it looked like this. And you say, Kamiwa Aides. And one of the bosses in that particular unit came along and he looked over my shoulder and he said, that's not right. And I said, yes, it is right. He couldn't get the grammatical inconsistency of it. And this is what I want to focus on next week. This phrase, God is love. God is love. And when God lives in us, we have the love of God in us. God wants to live in us through his Holy Spirit. And we've made so many invitations for people to accept Jesus into their lives, to accept the Holy Spirit into their lives. And when God lives in us through His Spirit, God is love, perfect love, He is perfect love. When God lives in us, that perfect love throws fear outside. And I'm stealing a thought from one of my tutors, a guy called Glenn Balfour, who is the current vice principal of our Bible college um, Missio Day, that's the name of it. And he pointed this out, where it says God is love, uh, where he's talking about uh, perfect love drives out fear, he's talking about how the word fear is, again, coming back to this thing, the definite article, the fear. Perfect love casts out the fear. I want to ask you, what is the fear that's in your life today? What is the fear, the specific fear that you are carrying around inside you today that's impacting how you feel, impacting how you think, impacting the decisions that you make? What is the specific fear? God has said this. Can we maybe jump to slide 14? God has said this, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. 
So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Hebrews 13. Never will I leave you. He will never leave, never stop upholding, never let you sink. God will never let you go. Never will I forsake you. And what it's saying here is, he will never leave you helpless. He will never leave you in the lurch. Never. Never. Do you believe that? Never. Never, never will I leave you, he says. And so, we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Do you believe that whatever you may face in the future, and I use the word may intentionally, whatever you may face in the future, God will be with you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that 100%? God will be with you no matter what the future holds potentially. And we begin to think about that and the things that the future has for us. I'm not going to name them. But we can be consumed by the worries of the things that may never happen in our lives. I also felt that as I was preparing this today to say that God knows you. He knows your life. And he's not forgotten what you've done for him. He's not forgotten your service or the sacrifices that you've made over the years. God has not forgotten. God has not forgotten. God has not forgotten all the things that you have done and given for him. And so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Maybe some people are afraid of God. Maybe some people are afraid of the wrath of God. Can I just say, when perfect love lives inside of us, and that's really what John is talking about here, when that perfect God, God the Holy Spirit, lives inside of us, he throws the specific fear outside. Whatever you're afraid of, he can throw that out. But on a bigger context, any fear of judgment from God is thrown out because he lives in you. That self-sacrificial love that God has for us. Think about this. I do not need to fear standing before God as a sinner because I know that I'm a sinner saved by grace. I do not come under condemnation or judgment because God has set me free. It's as simple as confessing our sins to God And the Bible says that when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to make us clean. He puts like clean clothes on us and he makes us that new person. All because Jesus, 2,000 years ago, perfect love, he demonstrated the perfect love of God by dying on a cross for us that we can have the Holy Spirit live in us today. And then we can sing with absolute assurance. I can say this is an absolute truth and fact. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ and me. Not something that I can manufacture, you can manufacture. It's something that God does in us. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ and me. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. 
Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And then we think of that hymn, Amazing Grace. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. And this we can take comfort from. We know that no matter what we have faced in life to this point in time, God has been with us, walking through life with us. If that's not been your experience today, it can be your experience. And I want to close with this. And I'm asking if you want to do some real business with God today. Will you yield your fear to God? Whatever you're afraid of, the specific fear that you have in your life today, will you today give that to God? Will you yield yourself to God today? Will you cast all your cares on Him, knowing that He cares for you? And will you commit before God to stop striving? Will you commit to stop striving? Some of us are given to striving. It's just how our minds work. And we strive and we try to work hard and we try to achieve things in our own strength. I think God is saying to some people today, you need to stop striving. You need to just allow the Holy Spirit to come in to fill you so that perfect love, God himself, who is love, can come in and throw that specific fear outside. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Give it to God today. And we're going to, the band are going to come back up, we're going to sing a hymn. It's a new hymn in the life of the church. I want you to just listen to the words as you pray, as you give these things over to God. I would encourage you just to put your hands out and say, Lord, here, here, take it. Take it. And maybe as we begin to sing this song, you want to join in as you hear the words in the song and as you read them on the screen, you feel free to join in. But let's just sing this song and let's allow it to be a response to who God is in our lives today. So if the band could maybe come back up, that would be great. And we're going to sing this song. Let's just really worship him through this and really continue to seek his presence as we draw our time to a close today. I'm going to pray at the end um, and if you want to chat about anything, if you want to chat, uh, you can email us um, and just let us know. But feel free to chat.
Father, we just thank you for the truth of these words. Father, that it's about Christ in us, the Holy Spirit living in us, that perfect love which throws out all fear, any fear, any specific fear that we have in our lives. And Father, we pray, help us to experience these things today. Father, we just pray for freedom into hearts and spirits and lives this day. Father, whether it's people in the building here, people joining online, Father, we pray that your spirit would come and that you would throw out any fear that's in our hearts. Father, we know that we are yours. And Lord, we just pray that you would come and that you would strengthen us. Father, we pray for your church, not only in Whitburn, but Father, across this area, across our nation, across the world today. And Father, we pray that you would breathe new life and strength into your church. Father, that we would be filled with your spirit. Lord, that we would experience your presence. Father, that we would live as a people who have no fear because we know that nothing can stand against you. It's not that nothing can stand against us. Nothing can stand against you, Father. Father, 
we find so many things in life which are impossible, but Father, with you, nothing is impossible. You are the God of the impossible. Father, you are the God of miracles. You are the God who is our good shepherd. You're the one who looks after the sheep. And Father, we are your children, and we know that you are our Father. And Lord, we thank you that we can pray that prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it has, is in heaven. Oh, Father, give us today our daily bread. Oh, Father, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, thine is the power, thine is the glory forever and ever. Amen. Father, we just pray your blessing on every family, every person who's part of this church. And Lord, we pray that you just do new things in our experience as we go out into this week. Father, may you be glorified in our lives. We ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. And I pray that you have a fantastic week. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, you know how to get in touch with me. Um, just give me a shout and I'm happy to pray with you over anything, even after the service today. So, Lord bless you.